Welcome to Panther Paris, the podcast where we're supposed to talk Panthers hockey, but sometimes we don't. Here are your hosts, Alex Lopez, Jake Langsam, and TJ Peterson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Panther Paris, a Florida Hockey Now podcast. I am your host, Jacob Langsam. Here with me, as always, is my co-host, TJ Peterson. And joining us once again today, our new boss, George Richards. George, how are you doing tonight? Hey, hey, hey. What's going on, fellas? How y'all doing? Doing all right, George. Thanks. Um, I don't know how long I'm going to be referring to you as our new boss or how often that intro for you will stick, uh, but I'm liking it still for now. Um, yeah, what the hell? Yeah, hey, you know, about that. <laughs> somebody calls me the boss. I've never been the boss. Uh, I like the boss. He's, I like, I'm a Bruce Springsteen fan. Yeah, Bruce. Um, buddy, of mine, buddy of mine was actually just at his concert I, in Chicago. I, I, I've never seen Baby Boss. I was about to say, uh, meet the new boss, same as the old boss, talking about classic rock. Ooh. Tony Danza, who's the boss? <laughs> True. You know who else has been uh, a little bit the boss lately is Sergei Bobrovsky. Uh, Panthers oh, yeah. undefeated with a fully healthy lineup this season. Yes, it's only been two games, uh, but it's still <laughs> promising to see. Bobrovsky also named one of the uh, top goaltenders uh, of the month of February, I believe. Uh Really? Is, I, I believe I saw something like that from uh, from the NHL. Uh, but, yeah, Panthers are, are picking things up. Hopefully it's uh, not too little too late. And uh, one of the players that I did want to focus on uh, in that respect is Sam Reinhardt. Yes. As we all know, Reinhardt spent the first 10% of the season roughly uh, yep. having some trouble finding the net. Uh, he didn't score his first goal until, I believe, game 9, maybe 10 of the season. It was um, in Anaheim, I remember that much. Yeah. Yeah, it took him a while. Took him a little while, and uh, around that, some people were starting to uh, so, to worry about him, rightfully so. I don't want to take away from that. But uh, since then, he's picked up uh, his goal-scoring pace quite a bit. Despite that slow start, he is pacing for 26 goals this season. Yeah. Uh, his on-ice impacts are still very strong to back that up. Uh, and one of the biggest things about Reinhardt that I've seen a bunch of people mentioning is he has missed the net quite a bit this season. He sure um, has. Yeah. Uh, but I wanted to take a little bit of a look into the context of uh, of some of his missed shots because I, I want to try to quell some people's concerns about Reinhardt. Uh, I think this season is the anomaly for him. It's uh, a career low season for him in terms of shooting percentage. He's shooting at 11.7. TJ has just informed me that his first goal was actually game 13. Yeah. So like 12, 13% of the way, or actually 15-ish percent of the way into the season uh, until he scored and, his and, first and, goal. And, and it took Barkov, what, eight or nine, something like that? So Yeah, I, both... that might be the eight or nine number that I was thinking. Yeah, <laughs> they were both they were both struggling at, yeah, at the same, yeah. Yeah, and that obviously didn't help the the beginning of the season. But uh, no, right. Yeah, so it took him 13 games to get one. But since then, uh, I mean, his clip has picked up quite a bit. Uh, His 11.7 shooting percentage is a career low for him. But despite that, uh, it is still above league average among forwards this season, which is sitting at around 11%. I think it's very promising for a player's down season to still be a pretty good season relative to his peers. Yeah, I mean, I I guess, you know, going on that metric, uh, looking at those kind of things, but I think people, uh, you know, see what they see. And I think there was a couple games ago, um, 
what, what game was it? Uh, it was Nashville, I think it was, when Florida, mm-hmm. uh, according to NHL stats, missed 23 shots on net, uh, 23 shots on goal, actually. They were just missed shots. And I think it was actually much, much higher than that because I had it at 24 with six minutes left in the game. And then they, they, I guess they just stopped counting. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with six shots alone by, by, by Sam Reinhardt. He had the puck a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, he had a lot of, he had the puck on his stick a lot in that game. Um, that was before Sasha Barkov returned. So the, the top line was, uh, was he and, and Anton Lundell and, uh, Listen, they had they had great possession and they were doing a lot of good things, but but really weren't doing anything with it. Now Anton Lindell, he got a goal um, on on Tuesday night, uh, or or no, what, whatever day it was, uh, the two two games ago, and that was his first. You know, that was his second goal in like fourteen games. So so that whole line really has struggled um, on the stat sheet, but they are still creating. A lot of chances, and and you ask a player, they're frustrated with the, with the stats. They're frustrated with the scoring, but they'd certainly be a lot more frustrating if the chances were not there. And right now, they are. Uh, they, they're they're getting the opportunities. Right. They're just they're just not they're just not cashing in on them, and that is the name of the game. Yeah, hopefully, something about that will be up on uh, Florida Hockey Now before our next episode. Uh, sure. I'm trying to Intent. work on that story right now. Yeah. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. But Spoiler um, alert. I, I do want to issue a cautionary tale, uh, a two-word cautionary tale to those who may want to abandon Sam Reinhart now. The two-word tale is uh, Riley Smith. Were we looking back at, uh, what was it, 17-18 uh, Riley Smith? Yeah, 17-18 where he had a yeah. career low shooting percentage. The Panthers gave up on him and he immediately be- turned into – a guy in Vegas that was a very consistent 20 goal, at least score and tremendous defensive player, very affordable team friendly contracts ultimately was, you know, at, at the time that it happened, it was deemed a, you know, a reckless and probably ill fated move by the general hockey consensus. And it has kind of proven to be that even if the Panthers have ended up recovering. Yeah. And that was as much that, Listen, I, I I don't think Dale Talon was looking at a lot of metrics uh, uh, back then. <laughs> no, you don't think um, so. Well, I mean, he, you know, he did <laughs> he did take some of that stuff into effect, but he certainly you know wasn't looking at it. And he just didn't like Riley Smith's game a whole lot. And let's not forget, Riley Smith had just signed that extension um, that was about to kick in um, in two thousand eighteen, and, and you know, which coincided with with uh, Dale Talon. Uh, being back in charge, he didn't want to be the right. guy paying right, right in that. Tr- he, you know, he didn't want to be the guy paying Riley Smith that kind of money. He never, he didn't think that that Riley Smith should have gotten that that big of an extension. Now you look at, you know, that five years, five million dollars for Riley Smith. You look at his production; it's a pretty good contract. Right. Um, but he just didn't. He just didn't like it, and he and he knew that Marchessault was going to get a similar deal. He didn't want to give Marchie that deal either. So, uh, for better or worse, that's why both of them we're gone at the same time because Dale just didn't want to give them $10 million a season. Yeah. And I mean, Vegas combined, was happy to, combined. yeah, right. Yeah. And Vegas, <laughs> and Vegas was, happy was happy to do happy. so. Vegas was happy to do it. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, of course. And, it, and they've been, they've been paired, they've been paired together pretty much ever since, you know? Yeah. Yeah. With uh, William Carlson, uh, there's a golden misfit line as they, as they call it. Yeah. And you look at Carlson, uh, you know, there's, there's time 40 similar... goal score. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, similar seller's remorse in, in, in Columbus. I mean, Columbus never thought he was going to do what he did. Um, although, you know, in Florida's case, I know we've got really good sidetracked here. Florida, you did see it with Riley Smith. You did see it that one season with March or so. Um, you know, Columbus just never saw that. I mean, he was a bottom six guy, and, and yeah. you know, they just yeah, let was... him go. But with Marchie and Riley Smith, those were different circumstances. But they all had, they've all worked out well together in Las Vegas. Yeah. Columbus has a bit of a track record there because they did the same thing to Duclair, buried him in the bottom six, uh, and then just that, let him that, that was a torch thing, though, too. That's true. That's true. That was more that, of a Tortorella thing. That was um, a Tortorella thing. I, I do want to focus a little bit on the shots that miss the net. Um, or the shot attempts that miss the net metric. Sure. I, I want to look into this a little bit uh, and see if I could uh, do some combination of verifying those claims because I have eyes too. I know that Reinhardt's missing yeah. the net, uh, but I wanted to be able to give some context around around what that looks like relative to the league. Uh, so I have here uh, the list of 20 goal scorers so far this season. Uh, minimum 20 goals. Okay. And what I've got is the rate at which their unblocked shot attempts miss the net entirely. Okay, uh, so, so hold on. Let's, the whiff percentage. Uh, the whiff percentage. Okay, so it's 20 goals. How mm-hmm. many games? How many games? Doesn't uh, no, matter. No, yeah, there's, there's no, no, no game Games game doesn't matter. Right, right, right. Games doesn't matter. Uh, okay. Enough games to score 20 goals. <laughs> that, right. But, duh. Yeah, um, okay, gotcha. So yeah, this is in in fancy speak. This is Fenwick individual Fenwick four minus uh, individual shots on goal divided by individual Fenwick four. Uh, Fenwick four just being a player's unblocked shot attempts. So basically, what percentage of this person's shots miss the net? Right, excluding block shots entirely. They're not included right. in the equation at all. Not including uh, blocks. Got it. And Sam Reinhardt is sitting at thirty point eight nine percent. So of his unblocked shot attempts, about 70% uh, of those shots are actually making it to the net. So his whiff percentage is 30.89. That ranks him 10th among 20 goal scorers, keep in mind. So it's going to be lower. His ranking is uh, ostensibly going to be lower uh, among less than 20 goal scorers as well when you include the whole league. Uh, I I just want to read off some of the names above him to to maybe help quell some fears because these are people who are also considered very strong goal scorers and they miss the net with their shot attempts just as much, if not more, than Reinhardt. So above Reinhardt includes Andrei Svechnikov in his 32 goals, Pierre-Luc Dubois in his 31 goals, uh, Nikita Kucherov in his 25 goals, Mika Zibanejad and his 32 goals, Chris Kreider and his 27 goals, Mark Shifley and his 36 goals, all have whiff percentages higher than Reinhardt's. Yeah. So there you go. But but, but yeah. they're scoring. But they're scoring. You know. Sure. I mean, listen. Look 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 look. Reinhardt's numbers last year. How many multiple point games did he have? Um, how many? Games did he have, you know, goals, you know, at least a point in a game. He was he was able to get hot and stay hot. And this year he just hasn't been able to do that. I, I think right. that that's yeah, – he's, he's – and I think I think it's probably starting to get into his head. You know, yeah. I, I, I know you can't quantify that, 
with, 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 you know, metrics and all that stuff, but he does seem to be a guy that does get down on himself. Yeah. He also seems to be a guy who gets really high on himself. When things are going really well for Sam Reinhardt, watch out. That guy is going to score for you. We saw it last year. We saw it last year in the final, what, 60 games of last season. He was one of Florida's best scores. I know, you know yep. Jonathan Huberdeau got all the, got all the, the you know, got all the mm-hmm. headlines, but, but Sam, Sam Reinhardt was killing it. For the Panthers after a slow start last year. Mm-hmm. This year he's just never he hasn't been able to get on that tear. Yeah. I think yeah, 30, that, 33 uh, goals last season. <laughs> yeah, great, great season for him last year. He got to 82 points. He didn't even play 82 games, so over a point per game. And yeah. the power play. I remember I posted a stat at like the midway point of the year. Cause if you recall, they didn't have him on the top unit the whole season. Right. And yeah. the top unit just didn't work until he was there. It like right. it tripled in terms of how many goals it scored per minute once they put Reinhardt on there. It was really it really obscene the effect that he was able to have, whether it was because he was an effective decoy option or if he was deflecting pucks or if he was scoring that trademark goal now from the slot where you know Kachuk feeds him that pass off of the you know the one time pass and. This season we haven't really seen that as much, but it is it just is an overall team issue. He's not the only one that's struggling to convert their chances at a rate that the analytics expect. I mean, the Panthers have the second worst, uh, you know, goals above expected based on like shot locations and types and game situation, all that stuff. Basically, yeah. you know, the numbers look at where these shots are being taken and what kind of shots they are and calculates generally what those kind of shots tend to generate in terms of actual goals based on, you know, Pat history. And that all suggests that the Panthers have the second worst shooting luck in the league right now, only behind Nashville, which is surprisingly in that spot. I guess that they do have Philip Forsberg, but otherwise like not a lot of shooting talent. Funny enough, uh, Ottawa's 30th. So they've actually managed to surpass that and shoot up in the in the standings despite getting kind of unlucky offensively. So the Panthers scored only two goals against Vegas on Tuesday, and it's very tough to score two goals in 2023 and still win. So what do you need to do? You need to have your goalie play just as well as the other goalie. I think that's what happened in this case. I think the Panthers did enough offensively to score more than two goals. Yeah, I do too. But I it was too. a it was a goalie duel. And Sergei yeah. Bobrovsky, like he has been doing recently, had a phenomenal game uh, in the wake of Spencer Knight being in the uh, player assistance program. He's needed to step up uh, and he just has needed to step up in general because the team is in a spot where they can't afford to lose any games really at this point. And right. like we've been talking about, he's not getting the kind of goal support that the team should be generating based on the looks they're getting based on the volume they're getting even. And he's making that all null and void because he's just saying, no, like you're not going to score on me. And you know, um, keeping Vegas to only one goal last night was huge. And a lot of the time that has been what's determined who wins or loses this season for this team. And you could say the same thing about a lot of different teams, right? You know, like Seattle, for example, if they're getting a certain amount of saves, they're probably winning because their goaltending is their weakness. And 
the game in Vegas that the Panthers lost was a pretty good example. They generated enough looks to score more than twice in that game too, but they didn't score more than twice. Bobrovsky didn't make the saves. Now, like, like one of them, Montour pushed a, a guy into him, so you couldn't exactly have expected him to make that save. But the point is, if he's making the saves, you're winning. And if he's not making the saves, you better be shooting the lights out that night. And they haven't been shooting the lights out pretty much at any point this season. So that's the reason why they're playing much better of late. I'm not really noticing anything in terms of the offense is playing a lot better. The defense is playing a lot better. I really think it's just down to the goaltending. What do you guys think? Yes, Bob. Bob has been huge. It was. Uh, I want to shout out uh, our our friend, uh, former guest on the show, Alex Baumgartner, who who tweeted a little stat. Uh, I think it was yesterday night after the game. Uh, Sergey Bobrovsky has given up just one even strength goal over the last four. He's he's only allowed five goals in the last four games and only one at even strength. This is the Sergei Bobrovsky that we were essentially promised, and he's he's showing up when when it's necessary, when it is absolutely necessary. Uh, and Bob has been absolutely tremendous for this team over the last month and a half. Yeah, that's the story I'm working on. Uh, this is this is for Thursday's, Thursday's edition of Florida Hockey Now. I, I'm talking about why the Panthers went after Sergei Bobrovsky, when they did and why they did. Um, and, and it wasn't, you know, May of 2019 that they said, Hey, let's see what, uh, that goalie from Columbus is thinking about. No, that this conversation started all the way back in 2018, uh, when the Panthers were like, we are, we are a goalie away. That's all this team needs is a goalie. Um, and Sergei Bobrovsky is that goalie. And we know what, what's happened. Uh, 2000, the 1920 season, not very good. Um, the following season, not very good. Last year, much, much better. And, and actually, his, his, his best statistical year was last season with the Panthers. Uh, with the yeah. Panthers. With the Panthers. Let's say uh, he's not any, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's I mean, not, he's not, winner. Yeah, he's not anywhere near a 9-2-3 save percent. But you look at his numbers now. They've, they've really rapidly increased. Because you look at his numbers at the 1st of December – Woo! Man, his numbers were <laughs> awful. He was he was ranked like fifty yeah. third or something. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, in, in every in every statistical category, uh, he was near either dead last or close to it. Um, and now he's 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 risen into the top fifteen um, in, in a lot of stats. And you know he's just been flat out what the Panthers thought he would be when they signed him in two thousand nineteen. Is he making too much money? Does that contract stink? Absolutely. The Panthers overpaid for Sergei Bobrovsky. There's no way around it. They overpaid right. for him. They were bidding against themselves. I said it then. The only yep. team that was talking to Sergei Bobrovsky was the New York Islanders. The Islanders. And I don't see low Lou Amarillo giving a goalie anywhere close to $10 million a year. Absolutely not. Bob Bob told the Panthers it's going to take $10 million to get me to Florida. All right. Cool. You got it, mister. They overpaid. They were yeah. bidding against themselves. He wasn't going back to Columbus. That's neither here nor there. That was done. It's over. They're stuck with it. But yeah. He's been absolutely terrific. Yeah. And- I, I still think there's some credence to the idea that – they were expecting 
to be able to sign Bob and Panarin and have their combined value be something like $20 million. That was uh, the plan. Still, yes, yes, right. yes, 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 yes. They, they had $21.5 million, and they right. told them to split it. Right, and, and you Bob probably said, get that 10. from the combo of them. Uh, it's just weighted a lot more towards Panarin than it is towards Bob. It's not and, a yeah. 50-50 split. And the breadman said, one. actually, I have my no. sights on a penthouse in Central Park. Nice no, try. He wanted, more than, he wanted more than $11.5 million. Yeah. Yeah. He's the worth Panthers. it. But, you know, but, like you're always hesitant to give out that kind of a contract. And like you said, they they thought that their issues were in nets. I mean, we were we were skeptical that that was all that they were, you know, having challenges with. But... Like, like you're saying, you know, giving anybody that kind of contract, it, it comes with a certain amount of risk. Well, listen, the Panthers went, they said, guys, split 21 and a half million. Bob said, I want 10. That was the end of Panarin coming here, although it was close. Now, Lou probably would have paid Panarin. Um, he was also, you know, <laughs> there, he was also in talk. But that allowed Dale to say, okay, well, we didn't get Panarin. So we're going to, we have, now we have the money to sign four more players. So that's why you got Brett Tomlin, Anton Strawman, Nola Chari, and there was one other one I don't remember. But I think they signed four. Uh, Maybe it was just three. I don't remember. But yeah, maybe the fourth was Bob. Um, That was the notable. Yeah, that was that might have been four. That might have been yeah. Yeah. So I still hold that Brett Connolly's first season here was good. Um, It was. He just kind of went off his first half of the season. What happened? First half of that season. He was, yeah, leading, he was leading. He was leading the Panthers in score goals and yeah. scoring at Christmas or something. You know, at, at the at the New Year's break. Yeah, he like he generated enough goals in like that first half of that year that he was at twenty. Yeah, he, yeah. <laughs> I I'll, I'll just I'll always remember the the bit about like yeah I promise you like a player like Brett Connolly can come in and outscore Mike Hoffman at five on five. Yeah, and then he did. Yeah, he did. <laughs> You know, Mike Hoffman was always a power play scorer, yeah. and like right now, like oh, that's that sounds great because this team is generating all the looks in the world on the power play, but just like the finishing still isn't there. That's it's honestly more pronounced at on the power play than it is at five on five. They they have some of the best power play metrics in the league, but the power play is pretty middling in terms of actual goals. Right. Right. By the way, I just want to throw out there, um, according to Evolving Hockey's goal saved above expected metric. Uh, Sergey Bobrovsky currently sitting at 13th in the league. So in goal saved above, above average starter. Goal saved yeah. above expected. That's pretty good. Uh, yep. He is sitting directly above reigning Vezina winner Igor Shesterkin, who is ranked 14th in that metric. So Bob is better. We can open and shut the case right yep. there. Then exactly. There. All right. So let's just move <laughs> on. Uh, but yeah, it really goes to show that goaltending is voodoo. I mean, George, you even said it earlier this year. The the media was surprised every time Bob would get into the net. Spencer Knight was playing much better. You know, it, it was sort of thought that, okay, Spencer's just going to take over, and what are the Panthers going to do with this Bob contract? But that's why you got to remember, goaltending is voodoo. Things can really change. And maybe they yeah. change to the extent that next season, Spencer Knight does have the majority of the starts and is this team starting goalie. We'll have to see. But right now, the team is riding Bob, and they're going to need to continue doing it unless they suddenly find gold in terms of finding the back of the net as much as they probably should be. And, and let's let's not, you know, 
let's look at some things. You just never know. Like you said, goaltending goal is is voodoo. Um, but listen, if if Spencer Knight doesn't get sick after that Winnipeg game where they pulled him um, and put Bob in just to get a good feel for things, so he so you know. Bob, Bob ended up taking that net and really hasn't given it up since. Um, if Spencer Knight doesn't get sick, he's probably the starter when the Panthers come home off that long road trip. Yeah. He probably gets the net back. Uh, maybe he doesn't let it go. And, and we're not even talking about Bob right now. So, um, Bob, again, when threatened, I said it last year, when threatened, that's been the best Bob. When somebody's pushing him, like legitimately pushing him, he hasn't been pushed um, for a job since his days in Philadelphia. There was nobody in, in, in Columbus who really pushed him. Uh, Driggs didn't, wasn't really a threat. I mean, Driggs played very well, but, you know, everybody knew Driggs a year, two years ago was on an AHL contract. He's going to get paid somewhere else. He's not long-term. Um, Knight is long-term, and Knight has threatened him. And you saw it last year when, when Bob came out of training camp that was the best start to Bob's career. Bob saw saw a guy challenging for his job, and he came ready to play. And I, I think that he took, again, in December, um, when it was Spencer Knight was the Florida Panthers starter in, this, in, in November. He was. Yeah. And then he got sick, and Bob took it back and hasn't let it go. Yeah, and again, getting it when we need it most. Uh, Playoff push, Panthers need wins badly. And to that end, you've got a back-to-back coming up this weekend, Chicago Friday, Winnipeg Saturday. Uh, and then they've got, what, five days off, four days off uh, before before uh, Montreal? I actually uh, want to yeah. ask about that real quick. Do you, th- do you think Bob is going to start both games, or do you think they're going to get Ooh. in the Lion King for one of them? Bob, both. Yep. Absolutely. You don't Absolutely. think they'd line Bob. a shot against nope. a very weak Chicago team? Nope. Bob I don't. I, I agree with George in that Maurice doesn't seem like the type. I That's think true. Brunette probably would have just because he would generally just let it ride and, and sort of just like stick to like a, a general idea of, okay, well, you know, you're not supposed to play a goalie on back-to-back night, so we're just going to play, you know. But, you're doing, but you do it this time of year. Teams do it all the time this time. True. Of year. You don't in November and December. You do now um, because you're figuring why not. And listen, yeah, Andrew Burnett probably would because <laughs> he had like what a uh, 25 point lead in the playoff. His team was going. Yeah, yeah, playoffs. that's also true. So we don't yeah. we don't really know what he would have acted like if he was in a, a tight in tight situation. playoff race. Exactly. Yeah, yeah Panthers I, 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 three I, points I, I, out. Yeah, I'm yeah. kidding about that, obviously. But <laughs> um, in this situation. Um, I, I think Andrew Burnett would do the same thing. It's Bob's net. Yeah. It's Bob's net. And you've got, like you said, you've got five days off. Bob could take three days off before hitting the ice again. He's going to have plenty of time to recover. So you got to assume, unless he makes 77 saves against Chicago on Friday, he'll be fine for Saturday against Winnipeg. Yeah, and if, if that's the case, then we got bigger issues because that's yeah, a yeah, you, yeah, you shouldn't let up that many shots against Chicago, especially yeah, no. with Patrick Kane no longer on the team. No. But I think I mean, that's but I think that's the only way they think about it is if he gets an extended workload, yeah. the game goes to overtime, uh Chicago just, you know, pulls, you know, what they did in Ottawa, which they could. They're playing loose. Yeah. They're they playing are. loose hockey. They're they they're just, hey, what the hell? You know, 
and good for Chicago. Yeah, all teams are like that. I mean, we saw it how many years with the Panthers when the Panthers played spoilers because they had nothing else to play for. And they'd go mm-hmm. into, I, I don't know, they'd go into Washington and beat the Capitals and be like, oh, this team. Yeah, 7 uh, nothing win over good. Chicago. March is yeah, hat trick. Yeah, and then they lose to, you know, they lose to Atlanta. I, you know, it's crazy. Yeah, that yeah. NHL's like that. You know, any team can win every, any night. You really can't take yeah. these games for granted. Yeah. So, yeah, I, Bob, I, Bob, Bob definitely starts Friday. No doubt. Bob starts yeah. against Chicago. I, I feel like I, I uh, jinxed us a little bit. I did qualify Chicago as a weak team a couple of times. But, I mean, like you said, George, they just smacked Ottawa. I mean, it was 5 nothing. Ottawa, who, by the way – has managed to sneak their way back into the playoff conversation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Chicago just stomped five, nothing in Chicago, but still that's, mm-hmm. that's a statement win for, uh, for a thin yeah. squad. So, yeah. And, and you know how they were able to win uh, Ottawa's goalie. I think it was Soberg or whatever his name is. Hoiberg, whatever it is. I can't remember, but basically he led in five. Goals on like 18 shot. Yeah. He led in like five goals on 18 shots. So you, you, you think, given that it's no longer December, that Bob's not going to do that. Hey, listen, Pittsburgh yesterday was down 4 nothing, and Columbus puts in Hutch, and that's the end of that. So, you know, weird <laughs> things happen. And weird th- hey, listen, Paul Maurice has been saying it for, you know, three, four weeks. He's like, all these games in hand, and it, things usually work themselves out because you're going to have games where you're like, no way Ottawa loses in Chicago, and they lose in Chicago – no way Pittsburgh loses to Columbus. They should have lost to Columbus. If, if Elvis Merzlikens right. doesn't fix in the first man. intermission, <laughs> Columbus probably beats Pittsburgh, you know, yeah. but they put in Hutch and that's what you get. Yeah. I was, it's so. funny. We were in the, we were in the elevator yesterday and uh, one of the, one of the front office people from the Panthers was like, how, wait, what happened in that Pittsburgh game? I'm like, they put Hutch in and they were like, <laughs> uh, like, they, that's like why they're they like, should have kept, really? that's why they should have kept quick. Like, yep, 4-4 overtime. Like, Former oh. Panther Michael Hutchinson. Remember that? Right, right. Yeah, I try to forget. Wow. Wow. <laughs> great, great guy. Oh, I love like love Hutch, but my goodness, he hasn't. Yeah. He's had, he'll give you one good start out of five. I mean. Mm. Well, um, good guy got paid, yeah. Yeah, so big weekend of hockey coming up, George. I know you're uh, a little short on time here, so we uh, we want to make sure that uh, we give you time to plug what you're working on. You already mentioned your Bob story. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, tell us, uh, tell us everything. Well, the, the, the Bob story is coming out tomorrow. The Panthers had today off. Um, Wednesday, had Wednesday off, you know, obviously coming off the 2-1 win against Vegas um, on Tuesday night. So, um, yeah, we've got a Ryan Lomberg story coming. Uh, we've Ooh. got the, uh, the Sergei Bobrovsky, uh, story, which I'm halfway done with. So I'm going to finish that up tonight. That'll be a first thing Thursday morning on floridahockeynow.com. And, uh, yeah, you know, listen, a week out of the, the, the trade deadline, um, you know, the, there hasn't been a whole lot going on right now. The Panthers are just trying to keep pace here in the Eastern conference and hope that, you know, things do work their way. Again, I, I don't know how much they're scoreboard watching. I think they're scoreboard watching as much as anybody else. I, I wrote last week, stop watching this, you know, until the Panthers can start beating yeah. Nashville. And but and let's tell the Panthers can start handling their own business. What's it matter, right? Exactly. Um, so that Chicago game, let's see if, if the Panthers show up. I mean, they, they didn't against Nashville. Um, 
you know, we'll see what they do Friday night against Chicago. We'll see what they do. Yeah, that's uh it's a great point. The whole scoreboard watching doesn't matter if you just win your games. Yeah, if they with the Panthers, Sometimes it's that simple. Now they got to go on quite a little heater, right? I mean, they do. Yeah. They've got to have the best run of their season right now, but this is the most important part of their season. So if they're legitimately a playoff team, we're going to know it. <laughs> they better show it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This will be a very telling weekend for us. So, Coach, thank you so much for your time. Uh, Guys, thank you. Good stuff. And we'll uh, we'll good. talk. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. <laughs> did you guys? I, did you did did you did you guys mention our favorite place? Not yet. No. Uh, oh, I forgot to do that off the top. Uh, but before we let George go, then we'll make sure to plug the infield bar and grill, best wings in Sunrise, possibly in all of South Florida. Well, they're um, so good. They're so good. Yeah. yeah. Cold they're beer in the works. We got a back-to-back Friday and Saturday night. So that yeah. means after both games, what can you go to the infield and do? That's right. That's sing karaoke. Oh, that's right. <laughs> karaoke on Friday and Saturday. You guys come George, on Friday night post game? Uh, I'm going to try to be there. I can't be there Saturday, uh, but I'll, I'll try to be there Friday night. Yeah, I can't I can't be there on Friday. Maybe I'll look at Saturday. Damn. Okay. All right. So our karaoke duet will have to wait, TJ. <laughs> yes, it will. But <laughs> uh, I'm very much looking forward to it. I mean, the... The setup is great. The The patrons are very supportive of all the people singing karaoke. Quite a few people came up to us after we did uh, The Boys Are Back in Town. And they said to us that they were they were convinced that the boys were, in fact, back in town. We, oh, we made a persuasive argument. Yeah, we can that be was, very, yeah, very persuasive. <laughs> and maybe, we, maybe we'll get over there and we'll do a uh, we'll do a show there sometime in the next couple yeah. of weeks. That'll be fun. Let's hopefully uh, be a let's lot get of that. Fun. Yeah. And George, you know what? One of those times what we'll have to do with uh when we have all of us and uh, and Alex who uh couldn't be on on the episode today. Uh we'll have to do a, a four piece uh four piece duet harmony karaoke thing. Yeah. We'll, we'll be like a barbershop like, quartet. Either like Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, which very cleanly has four vocal parts, maybe a Beatles song, one of the ones that Ringo sings, uh, because we know that those will have all four parts because no one lets Ringo sing on his own. Uh, what are you talking about? about Don't pass me by. <laughs> how about boys? How about boys to men? Yeah, there we go. Oof. I'm not sure I can pull that off. <laughs> Motown Philly back again. All right, so catch George Richards at karaoke on Fridays and Saturdays with the infield. And, uh, Speaking of boys to, men, some boys to men, we uh, now we've come a, to the end of the road. That's a Panther Puri prop. <laughs> George Richards singing some boys to men. There you go. What the heck? Why not? Yeah, if that doesn't Motown convince you to come Philly, to the infield, I think you're good. you're a lost cause. You're a lost cause. That's right, <laughs> fellas. Really nice talking to you today. Good, good, too, good, George, good, good, good hacky talk tonight on the show. <laughs> I enjoyed the program immensely. That you guys are wonderful. terrific at what you do. You guys <laughs> are you. good. All right. I'll see you, boys. Thank you very Thank much, you. George. We'll see you. All right. See you guys.